Charles and Gilly, could you just lay hands on um, <laughs> Lisa? I'm sorry. Lisa's been dealing with Ryan, her son, just uh, back in and out of the hospital with an infection in the jaw, and now they're looking further into it and don't really know what to do. And, uh, of course, many of you know uh, Ryan's history and everything. It's just a burden for Lisa and just want to lift her up to the Lord. And um, I know others are struggling physically with some various things, but let's just start with that. Father, we just thank you so much that you are the guardian and the keeper of Ryan right now. We can do all we can do. We, we, we try as much as we can to help those in his situation, but you're his father. You're his good, good father. We know he has a loving mother, but you're his good, good father. So right now we ask for a healing touch, first of all, in his body, that this infection would leave and you would get him back to normal, get him back to, what, back to his home, back to where he needs to be. We ask for a healing right now in Jesus' name. And also for Lisa, we just ask for you to comfort her. We know her... her uh, her difficulty, she's trying to do the best she can as a mom and trying to do the best she can in that situation, not being able to visit him and, and just the whole situation with the state and all of those things. We thank you for wisdom and guidance. And Father, I would just ask that you would help her not to condemn herself, but to know that she is doing the best she possibly can as a loving mother. And all things are going to work together for good. We believe it, Father. We believe it and receive it for her. For others who are struggling, we know uh, that that uh, Gary, I know, had, a, had a, a fall, just strengthened his body as well. Others that might be struggling, we thank you for your touch in our bodies. Uh, and we know that you're going to continue to be the good, good father to all of us. And for all of us, Lord, for every walk of life, whatever we might be doing right now, we're thankful for one thing, that we could rely on the fact that you are a good father and every good and perfect gift comes down from you and there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning, that everything you do in our lives is perfect. We may not understand it, we may not comprehend it, but we know that everything is perfect. And we thank you for that, Father. Bless us, Father. One and all, we receive your touch in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Just give him one last praise if you could. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise his name. You may be seated. You may be seated in his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ushers, you may come. Thank you, musicians. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And we will prepare to meet the need of the hour. Resting in his goodness and his mercy. And uh, <clears throat> after offering, we'll get some quick announcements out for everybody. Father, we just thank you so much that we can continue worshiping you through the giving of tithes and offerings. That's what this is. It's an act of worship, uh, especially in days of inflation and in days of uh, confusion and trouble. That does not affect how we give to you because we know that you give back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You continue to pour into our bosom. So we ask that you'll bless both gift and giver as you abundantly increase all of us in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. God bless you as you give. And uh, just a couple quick announcements. Um, today, uh, Pastor Ron is going to be sharing the word. We, um, uh, amen. I think I heard a clap. So yay, amen. So that's good. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. See, now you're done, you can go home. You got the applause. But um, he's going to be sharing the word. Uh, we had uh, some scheduling things that, uh, that we were doing, and I said, why don't you go ahead and just share the word today. And also in your bulletins, you'll note that uh, May is coming upon us. May, hallelujah, is coming upon us. 
and <laughs> so we had made a little change in our in our midweek service and stuff. We've gone to, to different community groups and things, so those will be starting up. Uh, first one, there'll still be a Wednesday night prayer for those of you uh, who enjoy that, uh, and also uh, the class that I'll be having will be starting the first Wednesday of May at noon, and that class will probably be repeated in a, on an evening service uh, later in the summer or something like that. And uh, also, I believe we have uh, some gentlemen already signed up for golf. And I think, uh, Pastor Ron, women are invited too to golf, right? Ah, absolutely. Come out and show us men how to do it. Uh, and, <laughs> and I believe we had a, have a really good group of ladies signed up for the first women's uh, meeting that we'll be having in May as well. And also, um, my mother and Kathy will be uh, the second Sunday of June is going to be our uh, noon hymn sing. That second Saturday, I'm sorry. Second Saturday of June will be a, a hymn sing. That's open for everybody, men, women, children, whatever. We, have, we actually are going to have hymnals. We found some hymnals. So you can use hymnals. You can throw out your requests because my mother knows how to play everything and Kathy knows how to sing everything. What's that? From 1954 and back. She's good. There you go. But uh, we're going to have a nice time together, uh, uh, have a nice light lunch, and it uh, should be an enjoyable time. So a lot of neat things coming up, and we're invited to partake in whatever you would like. Um, and I think that was the major... Oh, Lisa? Oh, yes, just make sure. Uh, you can take the lilies. How many are there? One, two... Are there four? Five? Five lilies? Feel free... To, six? Oh, they're growing. Seven. Feel free to take, <laughs> the Lord is abound, abounding on us, that's good. Yeah, you feel free to take uh, any of the lilies home uh, if you would like. Hallelujah. And uh, I, it, usually when we have, especially Pastor Ron speaking, uh, he'll, he'll have the message, and I usually like to go and help with the kids. So um, as he's preaching, I'm going to be with my wife, with the kids, and we're going to be outside blowing bubbles. Isn't that exciting? But you guys have to stay here and listen to Pastor Ron. <laughs> Pastor Ron, would you come? <laughs> Steve just asked, who's going to be the kid out there? Well, good morning and shalom. May the peace of God be with you. Thank you. It, was, it is great to be in the house of the Lord today. And uh, last week was a wonderful celebration of Easter, uh, resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we had a very nice time of fellowship and food, which is always a good combination, in the Sunrise Cafe to start the day off. And then we came in here and had glorious praise and worship. Uh, heaven preparation led by Pastor Steve, and then a superb message by Pastor Dave. And because of the finished work of Christ that we celebrated last week, and, you know, we should celebrate every day, right? Every day is a celebration for what Jesus has done for us. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of the finished work, we have many great benefits that go along with being a believer. 
being a follower of Christ and being saved. And today I want to go ahead and share one of those amazing benefits with you. And the message today is the judgment seat of Christ. Now I know when we hear the word judgment, we're like, whoa, judgment. But you know what? This judgment is going to be a good judgment. It's about rewards. It's about getting rewarded for the service we have done for the Lord in this life. It's not about sin. At the judgment seat of Christ, you're not going to be judged for sin. There's no condemnation. The judgment where that will take place is going to be the great white throne judgment. And it's not very great for those that will be there. It's great because Jesus is great, but not those that are going to hear, depart from me, I never knew you, as they're cast into hell. So that's not where we want to be. The message today, the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to talk about three points. The first one is, it's for believers only. It's only for the church. Number two, it's not a judgment for sin. And number three, Jesus will be handing out rewards. That's always good, right? I mean, we, uh, as kids growing up, we love to get Christmas presents. And, and then as we get older, we love to give Christmas presents to our children and family members. Or, or you know, birthdays, we get rewards. But... The rewards you're going to get for the service you do for Christ are going to be every Christmas, every birthday party you've ever been to combined into one times a billion, okay. It's going to be that great, so, so get ready for the judgment seat. The book of Luke quotes Jesus when he is talking to the 70 that were sent out on the evangelistic missions to offer peace to those who would listen. As they told them that the kingdom of God was near. The 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Not just some of the power, all of the power of the enemy. God has given us that authority. And he also said, nothing will harm you. Then he said, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen? That's what we're looking for. That's what we want, our name to be written in the book of life. Jesus made sure to point that out, that they should be rejoicing that their names are written in heaven. The New American Standard Bible translation says this, recorded in heaven. The New Living Translation says, registered in heaven. And the Living Bible translation refers to this part of verse 20 as registered as citizens in heaven. We're just passing through this life, guys. We're here to do what we can, to love God, love people, and share the gospel. But heaven is our home. And one day we'll be there forever and ever and ever. Thanks to Jesus. Now, to become saved... There has to be some measurable point of regeneration of your spirit where God, where you, you accept Christ, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, he died for your sins, and the moment that happens, the nanosecond we put our faith and trust in Christ, our names are recorded in the book of life. And consequently, the name of that soul has become born again, saved to heaven, and has recorded, is recorded as a citizen of heaven. This takes place by believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 and 13 say this about being saved. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth 
the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And I love verse 13. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And this has become known as the great exchange. Jesus gets our sin, and we get his righteousness. What a deal. Amen? Good time. Good stuff. We serve a mighty God, a mighty, mighty God. Jesus said unto him in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Lucifer, Satan, was a created being that decided to rebel and not remain committed to God and was demoted accordingly. And he's out there now. He leading in the cohorts, the, the devils, the demons that hate your guts. They hate mine. They want to take us. They want to take us to hell, but not us, right? We put our faith in Christ, and we know where we're going. Therefore, Lucifer has made it his mission to hijack and deceive as many humans as possible from understanding and receiving salvation through believing in Christ, which would qualify them for the bema seat rewards. The Bible speaks of a special judgment that God will hold for believers only. It is known as the judgment seat of Christ or the judgment seat of God. The Apostle Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what we have done, whether good or bad. All believers will stand before God and be individually judged. We work together great as the body in Christ, and we, we, we serve God by helping each other out, praying for, you, praying for each other, encouraging, encouraging each other. But on that day, it's going to be just you. So you need to keep that in mind that, that it matters what we do. We can never do good enough things to earn salvation, but our works matter to God. He wants us to do good works. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I take this passage, Romans 14, 10, to mean we shouldn't, we shouldn't gossip about our brothers and sisters in Christ. We shouldn't tear them down. If we see something they don't like, we can address them and tell them. But we should pray for them. That goes much farther than tearing them down or, or gossiping to others about what we think they may have done. We are not the judge of their soul. Only God is. What will happen at this judgment seat? Who will be judged? The scriptures have the following to say. The church only. This is only for the church. Only for believers. The participants in this judgment seat of Christ are members of the New Testament church. These are people who have trusted Christ as Savior from the day of Pentecost until the coming of Christ for his church. It does not include Old Testament believers. They're going to have a separate time of judgment and reward. God will reward us for our actions. The Bible says that God will reward the actions of all believers. Psalm 62, 12. In that you, O Lord, are loving, surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Jesus said, 
For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to their works. Paul wrote, knowing that whatever good we do, we will, we will receive the same again from the Lord, whether we are slaves or free. So it doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, whether you're rich or poor, we're all going to be judged by God. 1 Thessalonians 4.13-18 through 18 says this. Christ is coming back for his church one day. This talks about the rapture of the church, which uh, I thought would have happened by now, but, you know, it has not. So, and that's, that's okay, because that gives us more time to evangelize the gospel to the lost and, and to, to help people come to know Christ. And, you know, I've changed my attitude. Every day is a new day, a fresh day, and God's mercies are new every morning, right? Every day we look to Christ and, and we thank him for what he's done in our life. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who do not have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Always. That's forever. Always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What a great promise. Thank you, Lord. And after this event, those believers will go to the judgment seat of Christ. Point number two, we will not be judged for our sin. This is not a judgment to determine who will enter heaven. The sins of believers will not be an issue at the judgment seat of Christ. They have already been forgiven. The Bible says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are as high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103, 10 through 12. Our sins have been removed. The prophet Micah wrote, he will again have compassion on us. And will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all, not some, all our sins into the depths of the sea. Micah 7.19. The destiny of the Christian has been settled. With the death of Christ on the cross, the destiny of the Christian has been settled once and for all. There is no condemnation for those who have believed in Christ. Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no, condem no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who have trusted Christ now possess eternal life. In the book of Ephesians, it says we're seated in heavenly places. And that's now. When you put your faith in Christ, that's when it happens. That's when that regeneration happens. And we become beneficiaries of the word of God. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word 
and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. From the book of John, chapter 5, verse 24. The price has been paid in full. Jesus has paid the price for our sins. Pastor Dave mentioned this uh, scripture last week. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. He's a sin offer. He's our sin offering. He presented himself as a sin offering on our behalf. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The believer's judgment with respect to sin is long past. Point number three, Jesus will be handing out rewards. Therefore, the judgment seat of Christ is not designed to punish believers, but rather to reward them for their faithful service. All of us will give an account of what we have done after trusting Christ as our Savior. Therefore, the judgment seat of Christ is a judgment of believers works after salvation. The Apostle Paul said this, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, and it's capitalized, capital D, A-Y, day, will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and fire will try each one's work and what sort it is. The Bema Seat. We've heard the judgment seat of Christ also called the Bema Seat. The judgment seat is known as the Bema. The word is also translated court or tribunal. That platform could be either public or private. Tribunal for rewards. The Bema is a tribunal for rewards. In large Olympic arenas, there was an elevated seat on which the judge of the contest sat. After the contests were over, the successful competitors would assemble before the Bema to receive their rewards or receive their crowns. The Bema was not a judicial bench when someone, where someone could be condemned. It was a reward seat. Likewise, the judgment seat of Christ is not a judicial bench. The Christian life is a race, and the divine umpire is Jesus Christ. After the race is over for each believer, he will gather every member before the Bema for the purpose of examining each one and giving the proper reward to each. Now some will suffer loss. Not everyone will receive the same reward. At the judgment seat of Christ, there will be those who suffer loss. Now this is loss of rewards, not loss of salvation. If anyone's work is burned, they will suffer loss. But they themselves will be saved, yet so as through fire. The judgment will be by fire. Fire is used in scripture as a symbol of judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah were judged by fire. Then the Lord rained down, burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens, from the book of Genesis. 
Now, the Bible describes the glorified Christ in this manner. When he first came, he was a suffering servant, but not this time. His head and his hair were white as white wool, white as snow. He, his eyes were like a flame of fire. And that's from Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. Fire often symbolizes the holiness of God. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Deuteronomy 4. Without shame. Believers want to appear without shame before this seat. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Full reward. Believers will receive a full reward for their deeds of faith. And remember this, motives are very important. Why you do what you do matters to God. If we do things and we announce it to the world that we've done something, that is your reward. God wants us to do things in a humble manner that brings him glory and honor and praise because he is worthy of that. Look to yourselves that we do not lose sight, that we do not lose the things we have worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Be careful not to lose your reward. Scripture warns believers about losing their reward. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Once again, this is a loss of reward, not loss of salvation. We can never be good enough. We can never do enough good things to get to heaven. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the blood of Christ that cleanses us. In the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice animals, sheep and bulls and lambs and, and those kind of things. And that was just to cover sin for a time. But when Jesus gave up his life on the cross, laid it down, nobody killed him, that cleanses the believer past, present, and future. So you can be sure, you can be confident that when you put your faith and your trust in Christ, you will make it to heaven because of Jesus Christ. Now here's an illustration uh, about what it's going to be like at the judgment seat of Christ. And this is from Pastor Evangelist Don Stewart. We can illustrate the loss of reward in the following manner. Let us say you have recently built a beautiful new two-story house. While you're on the second floor, the smoke alarms are going off. You start smelling smoke. Looking downstairs, you see that the first floor is on fire. You jump out of the second-story window to save your life. Then you watch your beautiful new house burn to the ground. Obviously, you're going to have mixed emotions. You're thankful that you're able to jump out and save your life. But you're sad because your new house is destroyed. This is similar to those believers who are saved but have nothing to show for it. They squander their opportunities to live for Christ, yet they are now enjoying the benefits of heaven. Positions of honor. All who experience the judgment seat of Christ will possess the privileges and honors as children of God. Jesus said, he will acknowledge those who have believed in him before his father and the holy angels. Therefore, whoever confesses me before humanity, I will also confess before my father in heaven. Matthew 10, 32. Gifts to be received. The apostle Paul, speaking of God's gifts, said, and this is one of my favorite scriptures, 
I have a lot of them, but this is definitely one of them. Because it really puts in the perspective that we have no idea what God has in store for those that love him and serve him here and now. No matter what the world says, we love Jesus, right? We stand for Christ. We, we want others to be saved and have the same blessings that we have by that relationship with Jesus Christ. And believing that he is the son of God and he laid down his life for us. It's so important that we stand for him now. And I know you all do, but just keep standing. This world's getting crazy and I, who knows what's coming. Only God knows. So keep standing for Jesus. Keep loving God, loving people, and sharing the good news of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 2.9. This is what God has waiting for us. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. How many love Jesus today? Amen. Yeah. He's worthy. He's worthy and he's worth, worth our praise and adoration. Rewards proportionate. God's not a communist. There's different levels of rewards. Just like there's different levels in hell, there's different levels in heaven. And now is when we do the things that are going to count for eternity. The rewards that the believer receives will be proportionate to thy faithfulness they show in this life. The key is faithfulness to the gifts God has given you. Not everybody gets the same. Not all of us can be Billy Graham's. Billy Graham was given special platforms, special opportunities led by God. You know, I really believe that there's some janitor in some schoolhouse somewhere that has probably already lived. Many, many examples like that that are faithful to what God has given them. They, they're not evangelists. They're not pastors. They don't need to be. They just need to be faithful with what God has given them to work with. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Different degrees of rewards. Jesus spoke of different degrees of rewards in his parable that he gave. Well done, my good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Wow. You might need some help with that, right? Ten cities being like a regional manager, it could get pretty... Uh, Pretty tough, but, but, but the Lord will always be with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Even in heaven, he's going to be with us. To another one he said, his master answered, you take charge of five cities. Crowns. The rewards believers will receive are called crowns. Paul wrote this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. That's us, right? We want him to come. You know, while we're here, we're going to be busy about his business here on the earth. But we want him to come, take us to our heavenly home. And it's either going to happen by our death on this life, in this life, or by the rapture of the church one day. The book of life. Those who overcome will have their names written in the book of life. Who is an overcomer? For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Our faith is so important. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. Believers will be clothed in white garments, having their names written in the book of life. 
In addition, they will be acknowledged before the Father and the holy angels. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. You know, God has no restrictions as far as the size of the arena. And how many believers do you think there are from the day of Pentecost until now? Millions? Billions? Probably, probably at least a billion or two, right? I mean, should be. I'm pretty sure that would be the case. So I don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but there's going to be this big arena where we're going to get called down in front of Jesus and he's going to hand out to you and me based upon the service that we have done for him in his name in this earth. So there's still plenty of time, ladies and gentlemen, to serve the Lord. And, and you know, I know some people say, well, I don't really care about rewards. I just want to make it there. And that's good. Just like the story about the house that burned down. That's fine if that's your choice. But that's not mine. God wants to give us rewards. How many here want rewards? That's, I mean, we're not, we're not greedy. We're not, you know, we're not um, trying to get things we shouldn't have. But God is a good father. I mean, how many of you and I love to give rewards to our children or, or, you know, family members? I know at Christmas time it would be my delight to watch my young children open up their gifts. How much more will God want to give us rewards? Amen? He wants to do it, so let's let him do it. In summary, in summary, the judgment seat of Christ is a time of examination and reward. From Scripture, we can, we can conclude the following concerning the judgment seat of Christ or the Bema. The Lord will resurrect the bodies of the saints who have died during the church age as well as change the bodies of all believers who are still alive, from incorruptible to corruptible. We have to be perfect to make it to heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. But I know somebody who is. I know somebody who I can put my trust and my faith in. And his name is Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for us so that we can spend eternity with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. They will meet the Lord in the air. And proceed to the judgment seat of Christ. That's what's going to happen. You know, when we die, we're in the presence of God. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But I know by faith that we will be. And one day we're going to, you know, uh, the, when Jesus comes for his church, like I said and like the Bible says, those who have died, along with those who are still alive, are going to meet him in the air. And we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. The judgment will consist of rewards for faithful service. There will be no condemning anyone. Our sin was judged at the cross of Christ. Rewards will consist of crowns given to believers based upon our faithful service to him. The rewards will be proportionate to our faithfulness. Do everything you can with the talents that God has given you. Like I've already said a couple times, love God, love people, and share the gospel. In closing, make sure you're qualified first and foremost for this judgment. And that comes by bending the knee, submitting yourself to Jesus. He paid the price. He loves you. He laid down his life for you and for me. And he wants, the Bible says God doesn't want anybody to perish, but for all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what he wants. Unfortunately, there are many that have already died and, and already lived their lives and and today the world is full of people that aren't going to believe. And that's so sad. When they can make the choice right now, based upon what Jesus did by believing and receiving that, and spend eternity in glory with him. 
To be qualified, you must be a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus every day. Amen? I need to read my Bible and to pray and to stay connected to him, to get through this crazy world. It gets getting crazier and crazier all the time. Remember the ABCs, the ABCs of salvation. A, admit that you're a sinner. Repent. The biblical concept of repent is more than just saying you're sorry. To repent means agreeing with Jesus, who is God, that he is right and that we have a sin problem. And only he can fix it. B, believe upon the Lord Jesus. And C, call upon his name. Just like Romans 10 verse 13 says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for every day that we reflect upon your grace and your goodness. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us chance for salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, which totally cleanses us from past, present, and future sins. Lord, use us. Use us for your glory to reach out to this world, this dying world, Lord. It is your desire that all will be saved. So, Lord, those that you put in our path, in our sphere of influence, may we be able to reach them and plant those seeds of the gospel and that you will provide the increase and ultimately salvation. Holy Spirit, we thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for the word. Jesus, it's all about you. You laid down your life for us. You had your blood spilled. You, your body was dead. You weren't dead, but your body was dead. People saw it. You were put in the tomb, but you came back to life. It's almost like when you're on the cross, you paid for our sins. But when you rose from the dead, it's like the check cleared, Lord. And that transaction was written in heaven. And for everyone who believes that, salvation is the guarantee. And Lord, help us to do good works. We're not saved by good works, but help us to do good works so they will know that we are from you. They will see our love. And Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the leadership. We praise you. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. Well, that concludes our service today, and you are dismissed. Go out into the mission field and share the gospel. Love God, love people. Have a great day.